goodness. Um, <laughs> welcome to the first episode of From the Fourth Line, a new hockey podcast brought to you by me, Emma, and my lovely British friend, Marcy. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> um, you probably have no idea what we sound like, uh, but you do know our usernames on Twitter. Uh, we are probably co-presidents of the Joseph Wool official fan club. Yep. um so yeah I mean speaking of Joseph Ole and the Leafs uh I mean we can dive right into talking about Sweden I feel like we could hit it off the bat yeah oh Sweden what a time what a trip Sweden was um you know it extended the Leafs win streak to four games now going into what will be a very interesting back to back uh, back to back to watch but i think it all started even before they started playing games when we saw that everyone except for john klingberg went to all of the the events <laughs> with yeah. william nylander he took literally everyone he could except for him uh and then you know keith said that he is hurt and that a transatlantic flight was not good uh there's a lot of rumors about his hip and if that's what it was and that Mm. he could now be out for good um we'll see i mean i will say the defense looked much better in both games without him there yeah i spent a lot less time wanting to cry yeah you know it's kind of nice when like for once we're not yelling at a defenseman wearing the number three. Yeah. It could have been a bit more puck throwing, but oh, there always could be. Uh but yeah, also no Reeves in the lineup as well in both games. Uh again, fourth mm-hmm. line has looked really great without him there. So 1.5 million is a really expensive cheerleader. But yeah. uh I guess we could start with just uh, like a recap of game one versus Detroit. Um it was a slow first period. I don't know, like, I noticed that. It just... They were half asleep still. Yeah, but... yeah I think I was watching it with my friends. So I was watching it very much from the perspective of, I really hope it's a good game, because if not, I've brought them around for disappointment. Um, They enjoyed it, but they don't know the horrors of Leafs hockey. So... <laughs> Oh, when they, when, uh, so, yeah, like, Detroit, Leafs and Detroit, you get a mixed bag. You get a close game or you get a 10 to 7 win. You have no in-between. It's, mm. but I think it all really started in the second. I think that's kind of when the game picked up, I guess. Uh, we had Jake Wallman have a really interesting uh, fall into the net that almost resulted in maybe the most Leafs goal I've ever seen in my entire life in which Marner took a shot on net before the whistle went and maybe it went in. Mm, that would, that caused a lot of yelling at the TV. A lot like, of what the fucks. A lot of, like, you would think, like, that top-down view, I was like, that went in. But yeah, you. it's just, it was so close to call that I was like, you couldn't overturn the goal on that at no. all so I just 
it's whatever. But then, of course, because it wasn't called a goal and it was just a face-off in the Detroit zone, uh, zone, not zone, zone, it leads to a scramble <laughs> at the other end of the net in which Morgan Riley probably makes a very not, you know, 2023 Morgan Riley mistake and where he's a 10-year league, league veteran in covering the puck in the crease. And that leads to a... Uh, penalty shot on Samsonov which is probably his weakness I feel like I don't know about you but I just yeah it was both of those goals you're like oh you should have had him should have had him Sammy that and the Raymond shot where it was just what was he doing Mm, yeah like it was tough to watch because it's like you can see he's getting back into it and he's like he's coming back from whatever was going on with him but then at the same time it was like you should have you very much should have had that oh uh, I know like uh, this was probably his best game that we've seen from him all season mm, I would definitely. say that with confidence it was the best game we've seen from mm. him all season and there was still a couple there was a couple times where you're looking there and you're like what are you doing um but you know and then of course we have because this is the Leafs game Leafs still can't count, no matter what country they're in. Oh, <laughs> I can so, count better than the Leafs. So, and I I will defend them slightly. The benches are longer. It was a miscommunication. It made for, it made it harder with, you know, cha- changing lines and that sort of thing. But that means that they now take sole possession of the most bench miners in the league this season <laughs> with six. And they're all too many men bench miners. It's <laughs> which if it, you're going, it's just funny at this point. If you're going to take a stat away, like a stat away from the Leafs, it's that. That is like <laughs> one of those things where like, what are we doing here? Learn to count to five. It's not hard. I'm sh- like, come on. And yeah. it it just it makes it look like some bad bench management from Keith, right? It's maybe it's yeah. his weak spot as a coach probably is that because obviously it you got to put the blame on someone and it's always going to be it's always going to be Keith behind the bench right now in those yeah. situations where you're like come on you can't exactly start blaming the players oh no uh, some very much should be oh, able yeah. to have um, and then, of course, we had probably the best Joseph Wolkrum all season, in which <laughs> he is, there is not a single thought behind his eyes uh, when Samsonov takes a puck off of the neck collarbone area. It looked a little bit scary uh, for a yeah. little bit there, um, you know, because of just where it was, obviously, but it, I think he was just more shaken up than anything maybe a little bit winded but then they cut to wool on the bench who is not even looking at the leaves end <laughs> he is off looking i don't know where he's looking but it, it just isn't his own little world he's going to his mind palace i saw a tweet which <laughs> was like joseph wool he's going to his goalie mind palace that's where he is <laughs> but i will say oh. If you're if you're an enjoyer of goalies and you watch the Sweden games and you like watching goalies just sit and watch their team from the bench, that they had that one ca- camera at the end of the bench that was perfect for that, and it's 
it was it was just like little bits of just happiness like we were just sat there watching it and every so often he'd just pop up yeah and we'd just be like there he is oh yeah because i'd also like living his best life oh absolutely he was and i'd like the record to show that even though there's no video for this episode me and marcy are both wearing our joseph bull jerseys (laughs) in honor (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) we but yeah i do also do want to talk about the second line of nylander Tavares, and bertuzzi who have looked ridiculous like i know bertuzzi was signed to kind of replace bunting on that top line but I think he fits so much better here on the second with Nylander yeah. and Tavares I don't know why they're all three very different players in terms of their play style and just their personalities as well yeah. uh, off the ice but like it looks good it looks so good and we'll talk about when we talk about the second game as well but it just mm. it was good uh because you know Bertuzzi had that really really great revenge goal as a former Red Wing, which we we love those. We love those goals. Yeah, it was oh it was it was brilliant to watch. We were all loving it. My my friend said something about him that really made me laugh. Like when you you had like a close up of when he was on the bench and she just said he looks like the a man who doesn't get fed unless he scores and he was hungry. And I was like, you she summed it up so well. That is it's like that's honestly so accurate. I often I'm like, as someone who is Canadian, like he is that like if you watch an episode of Letter Kenny, like it's right there. <laughs> you can that is, right a there. Ma- that is a man from Northern Ontario, and you can tell like that you know he is, and he is, he is from Northern Ontario, but like you can like he he just that's Tyler Bertuzzi uh, for us but and then of course we've got Nylander with the the tying goal to make it a 2-2 game I just have it in all caps uh Nylander goal exclamation mark and my notes uh on that one just a mm. absolute classic like Nylander goal just textbook yeah, just, he's just he's on fire and I don't know how he's I don't know what he's doing differently I like, don't know where it's come from I, he, I, he wants that pay rise. <laughs> he he wants that like eleven, twelve million dollar contract. He's like the cap is going up, and it's all gonna go to me. Yeah, he's like it's, he's not leaving anything for anyone else. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. And to have a streak that continues this, like I saw people complaining, specifically Rangers fans or Leafs haters, being like, "Well, Panarin's yeah, also on a season opening streak as well, but his is only 15 games because of just the way the Rangers' schedule has, you know, worked out. They've played less mm-hmm. games so far this season than the Leafs have, and it's like, okay, yeah, he is, but like Nylander's like, he's better right now, yeah. and you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, with you know, it's definitely are both players to keep an eye on, uh, for sure. Uh, and then obviously. Captain Clutch. I, I feel like we can't take the cl- Captain Clutch moniker from Marie-Philippe Poulin, but we might have to give it to John Tavares as he scores the game winner and then sets off the most stressful two and a half minutes of my entire life. Oh, God. Because, like, I was the, the fi- I was fine with the game when the Leafs were losing, especially, like, even though they were down still one, mm-hmm. I was like, after the Bertuzzi goal, Nylander keep, keeps the streak. I was like, okay, whatever. If they lose, I'm perfectly happy to talk about a Leafs loss. 
but then they are up by one they're it's the leaves and it's two and a half minutes it could be up by 10 and it's still (laughs) and if we still have stress you know and it's like also at the same time like there was a good solid like the last minute and a half of the game was all Detroit possession especially Mm. then they pulled their goalie but I do think you know that third period was just probably some of the some really good Leafs hockey for sure yeah um the the penal the penalty kill was great uh, in both games actually um I do want to talk about the penalty and especially Noah Gregor because you know considering the name of our show we gotta talk about the fourth line yeah uh but we'll talk about that fourth line more. highlights. Fourth line highlights, um, which is just <laughs> Noah Gregor gets a breakaway. He's his speed has been fantastic uh, for the Leafs right now. But Leafs win. Nylander player of the game. He gets a nice Rolex. Uh, that was what their gifts were for the players of the game. Uh, the Ottawa Senators posted just uh, Tim Stutzler receiving his in the game afterwards, and they offered to engrave it for him. So, you know. <laughs> That'd be nice. That, it, would be, it would be really nice to get a Rolex watch for playing some really good hockey. Um, but yeah, game two. Uh, I don't know if you have anything. I probably am not one to talk about game two because I was half asleep for game mm. two. It started at 8 a.m. for me here in Ottawa. Uh, you had a little bit of a nicer watch time because it was mid-afternoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, um, I was watching it 8 a.m. in the morning. I had set my alarm and Simon slept through the entire first period. So, no, I don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. First period's where it always starts to go wrong. So, in, he's kind of doing himself a favor. I mean, it did go, start to go wrong early for the Leafs in the first, uh, down by one already pretty early on. I think, honestly, that looking, you know, at that game, I mean, we love Joseph Wolf. He should have had that first goal, though. Yeah, it it wasn't um, it wasn't his best. No, he had no screen it. on the play, so just it was it was one of those where it's like you realize that you should have had it, but you realize that a bit too late, and then it's there's not much you can do. You just kind of gotta accept it and and just be like, yeah, that was mine, and. Yeah, and you know, and then we had a lot of penalties going back and forth. Um, and then we had a really that Tavares shot that went off of Giordano's skate was, I was tearing my hair out at the TV. I was like, I was ready to fight an old man who I knew could fight back. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen we've seen how Giordano can fight, and I was ready to just start. I was ready to go to Toronto myself and wait for him at Pearson to show up. That's <laughs> swim over. Yeah. But uh like all good things, we have Austin Matthews on the power play. That oh, oh what more Nylander assist, streak lives on. Yep, that was I was I was sat getting ready to leave. <laughs> To go to another hockey game. And I was like half watching, half getting ready. And I was, as soon as I heard that it extended the point streak, I was, I think I, I jumped up 
<laughs> and I was like, he's done it. Like, oh it, my. he's just, he's insane. I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's ins- like, we've seen flashes oh. of this. And I think we've seen this his entire career is we've seen mm. flashes of Nylander playing good hockey like this. And this is probably the first time that he's been able to put together this for like such an extended period of time mm. that you're like, he could like, whoa. <laughs> right it's brilliant to watch oh my god it's so fun to watch even like when the Leafs lose like Nylander has been playing well and so it's like you know you're gonna it's gonna be something um so that ties the game up and then Matthew fucking nice (laughs) oh my god it was beautiful oh my god oh and I think at this point, like, I haven't seen a not, like, a not, like, just absolute beautiful goal from Nice in his career. Yeah, like, he- all of his goals have been beautiful goals. Mm, yeah. He's, I, he's just, oh, my God. <laughs> Everything he does, like, even if you start and you're just like, this isn't going to work, he, he makes it work. Like, if it goes wrong, he turns it around. And he just he goes. I'm still gonna get this. I'm still gonna do it. Yeah. And then he does. And I'm like, it, it, how? Well, he's gonna turn around. Sometimes, literally. Uh, I he's yeah. he spins all the time. I've noticed that about his play. Like, he spins, and it works for him. It looks ridiculous <laughs> sometimes because you you're like you could have not done that but if it works for him and he keeps scoring the goals that he has been I'm not gonna complain about it um also on just on this goal to note as well uh Marner got an assist making him the fastest leaf to hit 400 assists in his career for the Leafs and seventh to reach in team uh in team history the first to do it since Matt Sundin which is on fire like this is such a good start to the season for like everyone yes there has been some like there has been some games where you're like this is so frustrating to watch I mean obviously Mm. you look at the Leafs and the standings and you look at their record so far and you think you know you just look at that and you're like this isn't right you know they they're they don't look like they're playing well but you watch a game and you watch the individual performances from these guys and they look spectacular it's just been a downfall of like like especially just the forward group I think probably they've been so consistent all season I think the issue has been for the Leafs right now has like was defense which is tail as old as time um and goaltending when when will it not be an issue when will goaltending and defense like not be an issue for the Leafs never and I think you know that fourth having Reeves in that fourth line just was not helpful to them and I think now with you know it's been looking better and for the defense as well like you also have to think like we have Lilligren who's out who will probably won't be back until Christmas and then Timmins is supposed to he was there like there there were suggestions Mm. he might play in Sweden he was there he was practicing with the team so I think we might see him if we don't see him Friday Saturday in that back-to-back on the road we will see him back at home next week with yeah I think there is some cap things to you know shuffle about but it'll Mm -hmm. be it'll be interesting um 
here we go more leafs penalties solid uh, penalty kill though we can talk about the fourth line now i think as well just we love the fourth line that fourth love line the fourth line the fourth just... line of uh gregor who i think I, I i don't know if i've tweeted this out but i have this in my notes actually multiple times that he reminds me very much of like just very big zach aston race energy yes right absolutely like i i know next to nothing about him but he has a dog <laughs> yeah he has a dog the dog will it'll never be Callum lola but no one ever will but he's got a dog he's just he's got the right vibe he's I think fast. He, fits, he fits in really well he does he does he's really fast like mm. with and without the puck uh there was like he's been able to sort of produce those chances on the penalty kill he is on the penalty kill as well um yeah. and i think he's able to just produce those chances those shorthanded goal opportunities which is helpful when you're on the penalty kill like yes you want the penalty kill to be very defensive and like a shut down line uh special team for sure but also like if you can score on the penalty kill and you can score shorthanded goals like that's a bonus and i think he does provide that and it's great with like mcmahon has been a call up this season I know you love Bobby McMahon. Bobby McMahon. Bobby <laughs> McMahon, <laughs> like, I can't just be so sick of me. Every time he does anything, you just get me quoting it. Just like, it's just, he's my, son. He's, my little, he's my little boy, my son, my and, child. And I think like the the experiment of having camp on the third line obviously didn't work. And he just works no. like, yes, you're paying him $2.5 million a year, which is expensive for a fourth line guy. But I think, he can he does a really good job of centering that line mm. you know of he's really good on the fourth line and if you have someone who's really good on the fourth line it's helpful when you yeah. have, there are those nights where you have to put Reeves in because of injury or whatever it may be you know you can't have your fourth line be your weakness because it's going to be a long game if you do um but we love our fourth line I do I don't care how bad they are like yeah those bottom line minutes are what keeps us going honestly like my friends were like pointing him out and they were like I don't know who he is but he's not doing very good and I'm like yeah but that brings the vibes that's irrelevant because just look at him like look at his little face yeah like how how can you be mad at him like he's just he's just trying his best exactly um that one wall save can we talk about that wall save the split save against oh. Kaprizov where it was like what like he has described his body as goofy thank god <laughs> for that goofy body because oh my flex- god unbelievable I'm not a flexible person so doing no. that makes me feel in pain but like oh my god she's like watching him and just like just in the splits and I'm like I can't even touch my toes oh I can't touch my toes either like it's it's incredible oh my god and it's like anyway we're in awe of joseph (laughs) absolutely speechless love him uh continuing on we got a lot of this game to motor through we're still only in what the second third period now at this point um there's a little bit of a scuffle yeah here we go robertson can we talk about robertson for a bit kids a little yeah absolutely he had a good look um he i 
he seemed kind of off. Honestly, I don't blame some guys for feeling off in Sweden. It's, yes, it's two games. Yes, it's four points. But, you know, travel is hard. International travel is hard. I've done the transatlantic travel. It's tough. It's tough. Um, like, jet was, lag. the fact that they showed up and they still played and they, they won two games. They won two games. We got four points. Like, very, very happy with that. Yeah. Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley. <laughs> we, oh, Morgan Riley. There's like, he's, I think a lot of people kind of were saying, like last season, people were saying he was on a little bit of a, a he was his skill. I don't, he was getting worse, is what people were saying last year. Yeah. I think people just forget that he was playing through injury. He missed so many games because he was hurt and he was playing through injury and we saw him really like come alive and become like the Morgan Riley that we know during the playoffs and he's continuing and he's kept the momentum going yeah he's playoffs more was just incredible incredible and you you love to see it oh yeah you, you just you love to see him doing well because he's been there for so long he he's trying he he wants to win and you can tell that he's like now more than ever he's really going for it oh yeah absolutely and as he should so that puts the game up 3-1 which is probably every Leafs fans least second least favorite score after 4-1 <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some tr- you know you're like ah two goal lead the game, the final score of this game was 4-3. So obviously you can see where this is going. Um, Jake mm-hmm. Middleton scores. There was a screen in front. Okay, 3-2. Then Matt Zuccarello, 3-3. Deflection in the crease. Just one of those things where you're like, those are two goals, which, you know, you would like Joseph Wool to have in a perfect world, but also you know that those were just two really good goals. Mm. And so you can't fully blame him for that, but you are a little bit like, Oh, why oh. that? That means we're off to everyone's favorite uh thing to watch: Leafs overtime. <laughs> no, because my because I was messaging you, I was sat on the bus, I couldn't watch, and I was like, we were getting ready to announce the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we and did. I was like, I was like, oh, how long's left? And then you just go. It's gone to OT, and I'm like, fuck. I'm, saying, I'm like, I'm going to start crying on this bus in the middle of Manchester. Yeah, no, that was that was one of them. It was like, I was like, Leafs overtime. Killer. Killer for my happiness. But Leafs are really lucky mm-hmm. Joseph Wool plays for them. There was a couple of saves that he made where I was like, this man is playing defense for his own team and also <laughs> being a goalie at the same time. Um. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. He's doing the job of three people out there. Oh, he absolutely. He shouldn't have to, but he is. There was a couple. Well, at least he's good like, at it. There, well, did there was that one where it was like th- all three Leafs on the ice were in one corner, and Minnesota could just take a shot at the net. And I was like, "What are you doing?" It was Matthews and Marner, and I think probably T.J. Brody. If we're knowing the way Keith likes to play the power play, I was like, "What are you doing?" What are, like <laughs> the least 
there's three of you there look around count wait one two three like I mean, we already know the so yeah we already know that but joseph wall makes a really great save and then william nylander goes end to end <sighs> for the game winner and i think maybe the best reaction was not william himself was his was Michael Nylander, was his dad in the stands. They <laughs> cut to him, and you can see him say to the guy behind him, did you fucking see that? Just, oh, you just love to see it. Oh, my God. Love it. It was a beautiful goal. Uh, Riley player of the game, which I thought I saw a lot of people saying, why wasn't it Nylander? We need to um, afford him. We need to be able to afford him. Yes. Also, a man does not need two Rolexes. Nope. Um, and Morgan Riley's a big watch guy, apparently. Uh, but I think Mor- like Morgan Riley just... N- no offense to William Nylander because he did have a really great game. Mm-hmm. Morgan Riley did have a better game. And people seem to be like, oh, but he, you know, he didn't score like the game winner. I was like, yeah, but he's also a defenseman too. So like, you have to look at his defensive production as well as game. And it was just, it was great. Yeah, so you can't expect him... Yeah, you can't expect him to go out there and score William Nylander numbers. No. Because you just not get it. He's a defenseman. It, it, it's not his job. No, 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 no. It's he, it's not like he's Eric Carlson, who's essentially a forward who can skate backwards. And that yeah. is a statement. I am apologies to Penguin fans and the Sharks fans and Ottawa fans as well. I live in Ottawa now. I know how celebrated he is here. But just like Eric Carlson is a is a forward who can skate backwards especially when you look at his point totals last year like it was like he broke 100 points which is something Marner did not do right yeah um yeah so Leafs fantastic way to end a trip to Sweden Um, yeah let's talk hockey Canada um so obviously there's there's some news this past week about the world juniors 2018 report uh that decisions on sanction has been reached by a panel but one of the players or multiple players on the 2018 who were probably would receive a sanction from this report or be named in the report as a offender um is appealing the sanctions against hockey canada but hockey canada is not saying who's hearing the appeal it is um, it's coming from a player, all that it, that's all they said, that it's coming from a player that was in their official statement. Um, and that London police in October, 2022 had enough evidence to convict five players of sexual assault. Um, and then hockey Canada will likely make names and sanctions public, uh, if appeal is unsuccessful, regardless if the London police are ready to press charges or whatnot uh but the timeline for when this appeal will finish is unknown so a lot of information is up in the air this is this was all via rick westhead tweet as well as um the official statement by hockey canada uh a big one that i was never mentioned though and i think this is kind of big considering all of the international tournaments that the nhl wants to um introduce in the coming week i think we'll talk about that in the next episode just so we have enough times considering there's no least hockey till friday um but all members of the 2018 world juniors teams just even if they were in london for that banquet or not 
um, are unable to participate in Hockey Canada sanctioned programs and events. So one of the big names on that list, and I think probably the biggest one, is that Kale McCarr. So mm-hmm. say the Avs don't make the playoffs this year. I don't know how likely that is. But say they don't make the playoffs or they get knocked out early and he wants to go and he wants to go play in the World Cup in, I think it's Sweden or Switzerland this year. He cannot do that because it's a Hockey Canada sanctioned tournament. Can't play in it. So yeah. that's that's big, especially because it's well known that he was not even in the country um, when mm-hmm. this happened. Um he was he played he was playing NCAA hockey at the time so he was in the states um but I think definitely for sure like this is you know you really wish the best for the victim at this time you know obviously I think it's you know really really stupid that the players who um who have you know who you know I we have to say allegedly at this point so we don't get sued for defamation because we don't have yeah. lawyer money right we're now we're students <laughs> we're we... students we don't have lawyer <laughs> we don't we can't hire a lawyer uh if we get sued so allegedly we have to be very careful and say that we're not like we can't get sued for defamation but allegedly committed the sexual assault against um i believe she was also a uni- like a university of western student as well like she was a student as well like it's I think it's just garbage that they're appealing sanctions like honestly yeah I it's... think they're deal with the punishment that you've been given because you did something awful and okay that punishment yeah. is you can't like getting banned from hockey Canada sanctioned events well playing for your playing to represent your country is a privilege not a right um mm. and you know maybe there's NHL sanctions as well there's you know punishment from a league level from the nhl well you again playing nhl hockey is a privilege not a right so you know i think it's you know especially because hockey canada has been so tight-lipped about this you know and it's taken so long to get any sort of information and we have nothing so yeah uh, more Hockey Canada news as well, while we're on this topic as well. Not to totally switch, but we are talking about Team Canada and World Juniors. Uh, Ron Francis also announced this week that Shane Wright will likely not be going to World Juniors. He notified Hockey Canada. Um, Shane Wright has played uh, seven games with the Coachella, Coachella Valley Firebirds this season, He is, which is the AHL affiliate of the Seattle Kraken. Called up to Kraken for two games and then was sent back down to the AHL. And in last year's World Juniors, uh, which Canada uh, won gold, by the way, in an overtime winner by Connor Bedard, um, I was watching that game in an Owen Sound uh, bowling alley. So it was exciting. Seven games, four goals, three assists. So that's a combined seven points. Um, I, you know, Ron Francis said in in the statement, like he quote, he was quoted saying, well, he's been there, done that. I also think, He's not going to, like, he's not playing a considerable amount of NHL hockey right now. No. It's not like if he goes over, it is overseas this year. I think it's, Swiss. I want to say Switzerland. Again, I don't want to be wrong. But, um, mm. like, I think you give, like, allow, he obviously enjoys it. It's a tournament he's yeah. participated in. Let him, let him do it. <laughs> let him do it, Ron. Like, 
it's good for him as a like from player development standpoint i think for sure especially because he won't be playing nhl game like it doesn't look like it right now he hasn't had a considerable amount of nhl games in his career so yeah, yeah. i think it's gonna be a while until he gets like a solid spot I think so too. And I think a lot of people are saying that makes him a bust. I do not think so. I think that just COVID impacts player development. And I Mm. feel like this is something that has been said from certain people, namely Steve Dangle. I think this is probably one of the ones that like, one of the points that weirdly I agree with, like, not that I agree with him on most things, but I seem to agree with him on this and that Joseph Wool is an amazing goalie. Yep. (laughs) Um, It's that player development especially for like the past few draft classes has been impacted by COVID and has been impacted by the pandemic. Like there was no junior hockey getting played in 2020. Like it, you know, yes, we were getting NHL games. We were not getting any, there was nothing else getting played. And Mm. you see that with guys like Shane, Wright. You see that player with players like Nick Robertson. You saw it even with Joseph Wool as well, even though he was battling injuries at that time as well. But like, and then you, you know, give them some time. Um, Shane Wright is still fairly young. He's 20. <laughs> yeah, like his career is very much not over. And oh, I think absolutely. A lot of people also forget like playing in the AHL is good for development. Like you can't you can't oh. take a player and just throw them straight into the NHL. That's not gonna work well. It's not it's, gonna end well. It's not gonna work. And that's for that's most when they players. do become busts because yeah you're putting them into something that they're not ready for. It's like, I think a lot of people just immediately go to, oh, he's not playing NHL. He's, he's About failed. St- it's like, it's no, no, he's he's developing. He's developing. And he's learning the game because it's it's a different game completely. Oh, there's like, there's a huge difference between playing junior hockey and playing, which is with, you know, boys essentially, like, you may be like, oh, well, they're older than 18. They're men. I was like, no, no, no. It's boys. They're, you Like junior hockey caps out at 20. It's boys and playing mm-hmm. with men, which is what the AHL and the NHL is. Like going from draft day to NHL is something that does not happen for a lot of players. It happens for very few players. You know, there's exceptions, of course, to every rule. You know, think McDavid, Bedard, Matthews, Crosby, mm-hmm. just to name a few that the big right they are exceptions there there's exceptions and they're exceptional players but Shane Wright like it's fine it's fine Mm -hmm. and I think you know Ron Francis just needs to allow him to get any development opportunity that he can and I think yes world juniors again like we said there's a difference between AHL and junior hockey and world juniors is again junior hockey there is that age limit but I think it is probably very very good for him to be playing against different styles of hockey on an international level because it's what you encounter in the Mm. nhl like there's it's a multi-national league in terms of players and there isn't as much of that diversity in the ahl just because of the way it works i i find Mm. but also i think he's he's friends with a bunch of the guys on team canada like let him let him go let him play with his friends. Uh, again, of course, we are not Ron Francis. We do not have the professional accolades of Ron Francis. We are not oh. the GMs of... <laughs> we do not have the... Um, we do not have 
the we're not the GMs of the Seattle Kraken, but we do have some suggestions from Ron Vances. Um, so I guess as well, we can probably take this time let, now. Let him play with his. Yeah, let him play with. Let his him friends. go have fun. Let's let him because go have fun. At the end of the day, funny. Yeah. Um, I guess as well, we can probably talk about Milan Lucic now. Um, he was so just for some background information for those unacquainted. Um, he was arrested. Uh, in the morning hours of November 18th uh, by Boston police after a domestic incident is what was described in the um, statement said by Boston, uh, the Boston Bruins. We're not going to call it an incident because it's it's not an incident. It's, it's assault, especially with the details that came yeah, out. Now, I think this, yeah, I think that's so we're going to be using assault because that's what it is um and that's the thing that annoys it's like every time something like this happens it's always an incident it's like no it it's a crime yeah it's a crime he's been arrested for it it's not scheduled to be arraigned in massachusetts court on tuesday on the charge of assault and battery against a family member it's assault um so this is yeah from a this is so this is i'm getting all this information from a daily face-off article by frank cerevalli who we have our own feelings on Frank Sarah Valley, but I will say this is a, I will be using this article as reference um, just because sometimes he does good reporting. Um, uh, um, uh, yeah, so sources told Daily Faceoff that a 911 call was made on Friday night saying that Lucic attempt to choke his wife, Brittany, after verbal uh, argument allegedly turned physical. According to a copy of the police re- report, which was obtained by the Boston Globe, Lucic allegedly pulled his wife's hair and police observed redness in the victim's chest area. She stated that she attempted to walk away from her husband and stated that her husband grabbed her by the hair and pulled her backwards. Police wrote in the report, according to the Globe, she stated that in doing so, the suspect start- stated to her that she was not going anywhere, which is obviously terrifying. Um, and then police yeah. also wrote that when... Uh, they obviously came to the door after the, the uh, after the assault that Lucic appeared to be intoxicated when he answered the door and stated that nothing happened and provided no further explanation for the um, reasoning of why there was a phone call. It says incident in the article. I know we said we weren't going to use incident, but uh, so that's why I changed the wording there. Uh, when told he was going to be arrested for domestic violence, officers observed a broken lamp on the nightstand and what happened to be shards of glass on the floor while escorting him to his bedroom to get clothing. Uh, when Boston police asked Lucius Weiss whether Lucius attempted to strangle her, she stated he did not. According to the Globe, sources say it was Boston District Attorney Office who decided to press charges in this case based on evidence provided by police. So it was not his wife, Brittany who wanted to press charges mm-hmm. it was uh in well in canada and the uk what you would consider the crown um it was mm-hmm. the district but and because this is boston in the u.s it's called the district attorney's office just because i feel like we're gonna have a mishmash of multinationalisms here um, it's a lot going <laughs> it's a lot going we have two canadians uh, well a canadian we have two non-americans we have a canadian and a brit talking about um uh american laws so the american legal system the american yeah i've seen suits we're very, very qualified i've seen suits there's my qualification <laughs> um, 
but I've watched Criminal Minds. uh, Yeah, exactly. Sources also say that now. Here's the part which I think is just like I read the sentence and I was thinking like Jesus Christ, like that's where you really just hope for his wife and his children and hope he fucking rots in jail or some I don't know. Because sources also said that Lucia's children were hosting a sleepover at their downtown condo that night with friends over. So, like, Mm -hmm. think about it. Like, you know when you go over to a friend's house and not even, like, yelled at. You just, like, your friend's parents, you know, reprimand your friend for doing something. Not even a yelling way. Just, like, get frustrated with them and you feel really, really Mm -hmm. awkward and uncomfortable. Like, you don't know what to do. Now, imagine... You're sat there and you're like okay like wish the whole the like the floor would just swallow you up now imagine with like mm-hmm. being there and having a domestic assault happen against the mother of your friend i can't like, imagine that's gonna, that. that's gonna like i can't imagine and like it also says so much about him that mm. like the fact that he has got to the point where he's doing it in front of his children's, children's friends. friends who are going to go and like go home and when their parents say like oh how was it over I don't I don't know what his children's names are but it was like oh how was the sleepover and you say well you know Milan Lucic you know hurt his wife yeah it's like what like what do you even do in that situation exactly like that that's what I'm like I can't imagine again being intoxicated is no excuse for hurting another individual as well. I feel like we all have to say that because the report said that he was intoxicated. Like, no excuse. Um, operations relayed the responding officers that the reporting party slash victim called and stated that her husband attempted to choke her. Police wrote, according to the Globe, the victim stated that her husband could not locate his cell phone after returning to their apartment after a night out. She stated that the suspect began yelling at her, demanding his phone back, believing she had hidden the phone. She stated that she did not have the phone or know where it was. So it was over a cell phone. If it's that little, like it's a little thing of just like a cell phone going missing, which I've done all the time. I've misplaced my cell phone in my like house all the time like in my room oh yeah I, like the amount of times i've been on the phone and then looked around panicked and think oh my god i've lost my phone <laughs> and you're actively talking to someone on the phone yes yeah and you're like it no, can't like, be far because it's on mm. and it's like, like i was on a school trip and i was on the phone to my mum in a service station we were leaving to get back on the bus and I was like running around like Burger King and McDonald's trying to find my phone thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to see it again. I'm, it's lost. And she was active. She was telling me where to look for it. Over the phone? And then it hit us. And we were, yeah, she was like, have you tried like looking at the table you were sat? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I can't find it. And then it kind of hit us both at the same time. And we were like, <laughs> it's here in my hand. Like that's a it's like I'm I'm not gonna provide a single excuse for him because what he did was inexcusable. Yeah. Um, and especially just also the way that his team commented on it. Like I know it's really hard to talk about it when it's your teammate. Like it's a yeah. coworker. It's really hard to be asking to comment like to comment on a coworker. You have to think about it like a coworker because that's what these guys are at the end of the day. They're coworkers on a coworker's personal life. 
publicly. That's hard. That's difficult. Yeah, but I well do like... think that uh, it was Marshawn's statement that I think a lot of people were commenting on because of just the language that was yeah. used. I do think like, mm-hmm. yes, okay, I'm sure like PR, their PR team like provided a brief to them on like what not to say and like things like that and how to answer questions to be like, hey, you're going to be asked about this. Here's what you say. Here's what you don't say. But like, just. Yeah, it's it's tough because like especially when like you know something's happened but you don't know exactly what's happened exactly like they probably also don't know all the information as well they probably knew just as much as we did and they're being asked the next day after practice their thoughts on Mm. like and so i'm not again not providing excuses because it was just a miss like i mean at the same time it's like yes it was like it's a tough thing to have to like talk about when you don't know exactly yeah. what's happened. At the same time, you do use a nickname, like, use a fun. Yeah, you nick- don't talk no. about them like they're your best friend. It, when no. it's like, even if you know next to nothing, you still know that he's arrested. assaulted his wife, arrested, assaulted his wife, You've and arrested. arrested for it. Yeah, like you don't. You say act well, like you- it was just silly you you don't use nicknames you would probably say like you know it's a it's an unfortunate I don't would you say situation like yeah I'm a communications major so I but it's like you have to in your in your answer stay wish all the best for his wife and children did not happen yeah from Marshawn and I think that was the state that was what a lot of people were picking out from his statement um but yeah, so Lucic is on an indefinite leave of absence from the team. Uh, Never to return. And we don't know if he'll return. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think even if it does, it will good. Yeah. Oh, it'll. Yeah. It'll, it's it will like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Holy shit. Absolutely. Um. I guess now we will talk about probably to lighten it up a little bit some good news um luke prokop makes his ahl debut uh who if you don't know who he is really should uh he became the first Mm. openly gay man to be signed to an nhl contract uh when he came out in 2021 i want to make sure i get that year it was 2021 right yes or 20, yes. Um, and he also makes his, so he makes his AHL debut with uh, Milwaukee, which is uh, the Nashville Predators uh, AHL affiliate. And that's also who he's signed to a contract with and who he was drafted by. And he becomes the first openly gay man to play in an AHL game. He had actually, there was a really nice article in The Athletic about him as well and about kind of where his life has been since he came out and that sort of thing and how his game has been and it's it was really well written um for sure we'll probably end up tweeting it out from uh the podcast account so go follow that if you want to find it um and yeah I from what I saw it was a good game from him uh it's difficult to watch AHL games here because you have to pay like $18 a game or something ridiculous and I was not about to do that sorry Luke yeah Um, I very much can't even try yeah no so but what I did hear 
what what I did read, I read a couple articles and I looked through and just tried to find information about his game. Heard it was a solid game that he had uh, with, you know, one. I think he had a penalty and played a pretty good game of hockey, which is really great, which is really exciting for him. Um, I really do hope he goes all the way and makes it to the show because he seems like a fantastic guy and a really solid player. Mm, I think it would do a lot of good to have him. I think so. I think so. Oh, absolutely. Especially considering, you know, how the season, how the league has gone in terms of LGBTQ and with the ban on pride tape and no warm-up jerseys. Um, Mm. But yes, speaking of warm-up jerseys, let's switch our um, direction over to um, Carolina Hurricanes are bringing back the Cooperalls. Um, and we'll wear the wear the Cooperalls and as well as the Hartford Whaler jerseys uh, on February 10th in warmups versus the New Jersey Devils. Interesting. Uh, I think they're. It's interesting that they're. I believe the Cooperalls are only getting worn during warmups, and then maybe the jerseys are getting worn as a third jersey. Yeah, um, no. because again, no specialty warm-up jerseys. So, yes. There wasn't a lot of information um, from Carolina, just sort of a, just announcement post with some players in them. And they looked really cool. I like the green. I'm a big fan of the Hartford Whaler mm-hmm. jerseys. Love, um, love the logo. Love the colors. Um, Zach Aston Reese would have. Oh, my God. Zach would have loved it. He would have loved it. Graphic design degree. If he was if he was still with Carolina um, and not uh, with Detroit now. Uh, and other news as well involving Carolina, just more on the injury front, because we are going to switch into our injury report as well. But this is kind of injury related because uh, Thomas Halleck, who was uh, was released from his PTO with uh, the Hurricanes, who was signed when the news came out about uh, Frederick Anderson. So that sort of, I don't want to say is expected, but like, that's just news that happened. Obviously, the situation with Anderson, like, you wish him all the best. It's really scary, you know, to think about. Uh, it was blood clotting was the issue, which are not to be messed around with, for sure. No. Um, Yeah, so let's talk injury. Yay! Yay! Uh, so uh, I guess we'll start with the Leafs, just only because... um the Leafs report so I just have there was a tweet that I saw today where it was mm-hmm. uh Chris Johnson on the Leafs report if you don't know who Chris Johnson is he is an insider and Leafs uh beat reporter very 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 informative knows a lot about what's going on in the inner workings of the league uh he said that Klingberg gave an emotional that's at a direct quote um scrum in Stockholm saying how badly he wants to play but mm-hmm. play again but due to his injury likely won't so LTIR is a possibility mm-hmm. um, that does. However, I feel I take a trade. Now there's a lot of mock trades going around with Zadorov. Klingberg, I think, is included in all of them just as a way to offload his contract because obviously the Leafs have a lot going on with LTIR with Jake Muzzin and Matt Murray there. So definitely something to look at again with the Leafs as well Timmins Connor Timmins didn't play in Sweden he did make the trip and he did practice with the team again like we said earlier in the show might might see where he is this week um in Montreal uh Harvey Pinard was set on IR 
unfortunate. But in New Jersey, uh, Nico Hirscher practiced with the team on Monday, potentially might play. So that was today he practiced and potentially might play tomorrow against. Oh, who do they play? That's actually really bad that I don't know. But yeah, I should know that. Um, but he might play on Tuesday. So yeah, which would be nice because seeing him sat there with his sad little face. Yeah. Was crushing. Oh, absolutely. Like it's always sad when they like show. The- yeah, because it's like you can tell that he just wants to be back and he's he will be. He will he'll be. come back and he'll again. Yeah. Um in Ottawa, Thomas Shabbat attended an optional practice today uh in no contact yellow. So he's on his way to come back uh from injury as well. Pittsburgh, Pierre Olivier Joseph was placed on IR on Saturday with an undisclosed injury. I think there was rumors that he was battling an injury for a while. So I think it's just good that he's not playing uh, because, you know, it's better for his game, better for him, and has less people getting mad at him on Twitter at the end of the day. Uh, Buffalo, this is a Did big one. Injuries? Yeah. Um, Buffalo, Cage Thompson is week to week still. Uh, they. Uh, with a wrist injury after blocking a shot they said a month might be his how long he's out that I think is a huge hit offensively for Buffalo and a lot of rejigging are gonna have like they've played a couple games since then as well but it's a huge hit for them offensively for sure mm. um yeah like he's no go ahead sorry. really he's been really good for them mm-hmm. like especially the season so far he's had yeah, a really good start. And it really sucks to see him like out like this. Because yeah. you can see he was like starting to really fully just like get into the swing of it and then throw this in. And then it's like back to square one. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's just it. Yeah, especially because he's, like, hitting the prime of his career right now as well. Mm-hmm. He's He was a 2016 draft pick, so he's same age as Austin Matthews and Joseph Wool. <laughs> but, you know, it was this prime. And then for Anaheim as well, this is just another – we're taking the highlights. There's a lot of guys injured right now, but in Anaheim as well, Drysdale and Seeger still out. But they have been spotted in the press box together. Yes. Um. At multiple games so far this week. In my notes here I've got for them it's just both injured Leo Carlson is still a child of the boss yeah he's yeah. just waiting for dad to make up <laughs> yeah maybe maybe uh maybe all this time in the press box together is going to be good for their couple counseling <laughs> um do we want to talk Edmonton out. I think we have time to talk Edmonton mm. yeah I have quite a bit to say about Jack Campbell yeah Jack Campbell I think we can talk yeah you know it's Edmonton has been such a surprise this season they were going into this year cut favorites and yes like yes defense and goaltending hasn't been great for them goaltending especially has not been but it's even just you're where is the like where are the goal score like the goal scoring's not there for them and I think it just makes all of their issues look that much worse and makes their goaltending look that much worse and then it results in things um such as 
you know, Jack Campbell on a $5 million contract getting sent down to AHL. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for him. Yeah. Because, like, we've seen what he can do and we know he's good. And then he went to the Oilers and now he's ended up in the AHL, which is just like, it's, it's very clearly a coaching problem. Well, they have a new coach now, so. Yeah. Like. Hopefully not. Should get, should fix it soon. But yeah. It, yeah. I think especially with, like, goalie coaching. Like, oh, I know. Goalie co- like, well, You've got two goalies who are really good, and they've got a lot of potential. And then they're just getting thrown in. Yeah. And just, it, it's a mess. Well, the Leafs are 5, 10, and 1 through their first 16. Not Leafs, sorry. The Oilers are 5, 10, and 1 through their first 16 games. Um, And also, they have such a tight cap right now that it's Mm. they're playing with 22 out of 23 active roster spots filled. Uh, And as well, they're... So another one to know, I feel like tonight, uh, it's almost 7 o'clock actually uh, here. Eastern time. Yeah, for me. But it just... uh, So Calvin Picard was called up uh, to replace Jack Campbell. Uh, and he starts tonight versus Florida. Now that was from an Elliot Freeman tweet that came out this afternoon. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Like, I think, you know, maybe Jack Campbell is work. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's a physical injury. Maybe it's both. And, Mm. you know, maybe him not like playing, you know, not playing hockey for a bit might do him some good and just getting his mindset back because, There is a, I've seen, you know, some clips again, HL games are hard to watch uh, unless you want to pay so much money. Um, mm. But to, like watch the broadcast of uh, Jack Campbell. There was a couple goals that I saw that he let in that I was like, I could probably stop those. Like there's a couple where you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, that's a bad one. That's a really bad yeah. one. And that, it's like, Obviously, like him still playing when he was with the Oilers, and then realizing that it's not working out, then getting sent down, and kind of like having to go through all that is will not have done him any favors mentally. Oh, absolutely! And it's like you can see it with, like, now with in in the AHL, he's like thirteen goals on seventy two shots in three games, which is miserable that's not like yeah. he's on an 819 save percentage 819 yeah oh yeah so that, that's that's not good um i'm yeah it's it's a bit miserable for him and it sucks because he's a good goalie we know he's a good goalie and he's also just a really lovely person he is a really lovely and guy I, and you- i hate to see this happen like a lot of people are like well you know thank god he's not doing it in toronto whatever and people are like well you know it's not playing great right now and are getting on him for his play style but it's like you also think about the fact that he's a person and you have to kind of feel for any player who goes through a rough patch that you know it can mm-hmm. play better than they currently are and i think that's the case for him right now for sure yeah like i've got here it's he's averaging 4.36 goals against which it's just gonna absolutely crush you mentally. Yeah, even if, if you're, you're going even... in, yeah, 
even if you're not a guy who looks at your stats like even if you don't look at your stats you're not a stats guy as a player like you're gonna get asked about that by the media I know the AHL media coverage is not as big as it is at the NHL level but you're still gonna have reporters ask you about that because Mm -hmm. if you're playing at a below AHL level getting paid five million dollars a year on a five-year contract from an NHL team like huge you're gonna get questions oh absolutely you're gonna get questions and it's just yeah I I hope it's just a mental thing rather than like an injury and I hope it's something that he does work through and come back against because yeah I want to see him do well I really like him yeah like you do want to see him. he was on my fantasy team (laughs) he wasn't doing anything that was a rough pickup for your fantasy squad I mean I had Skinner and Campbell yeah no on the same team I was losing points. No, for me it was like I had Shusterk, I had Shusterk and Samsonov on my fantasy team, and ha- there was a point in time where there was about a week and a half where neither of them were mm. playing really good, and I was sitting there being like, "What have I done? Mm. <laughs> what have I done?" You're just regretting everything. Yeah, like I'm sort of thinking, I chose people I liked, but at what cost? Exactly. That's there's the fine line. I guess you have to be just. And this is why we probably could never be GMs. We'd like the players too much. We wouldn't be ruthless. <laughs> and, and this sort of thing, we just feel bad for all of them. Um, yeah. There's a reason we have a podcast and not the GMs. <laughs> We're not the GMs of NHL teams. <laughs> um, yeah. Now we should get Edmondson to bring us in, see what we do. <laughs> we can turn this around. I'll bring uh, Justin Holbach. <laughs> Let's solve all the problems. Yeah, absolutely. All, all the defensive woes, absolutely gone with a mm-hmm. Justin Hall. Um, like, yeah. So, well, I'm looking at our time now. Do mm-hmm. we think we do we think we have time for one more topic, or are we gonna cut it here? I like to quickly add on from the whole gay people. Oh, yeah. Situation. I have one thing that's like from the Manchester Storm that I just think was nice. Absolutely, some feel good stories. We like those here. Yeah, because we it, it's just ha- it's we just good. had a, we had a lot of sad topics this week. Oh yeah, it was lovely stuff. And then yeah, I don't know how how what three minutes left. Yeah, I can waffle it in three minutes. Perfect, and then we can slide into the outro. Yeah. But yeah, so like leading on from that, it's like Zach Sullivan, who plays for the Manchester Storm, which is my local team. Um, he came out as bisexual in 2020 on the Pride weekend, which was always fun. And earlier, because at the game that I went to the other day, I was sat and I was like, I saw a Pride tape on his stick and I was like, he was like playing with it on and I'm like obviously as a bisexual player he's gonna have pride tape on and he's gonna do stuff like that but I think it's really good because it shows what happens when you have players that are out in the big leagues like it's the biggest league in England in the UK and it's like to have a player who's openly 
bisexual and out about it. And he's like, he's very, he's spoken about how being closeted was really struggle, like he really struggled mentally with it. And I think I've got a quote here that he came out for the kids that need to hear what he needed to hear as a teenager, which always gets me because it's like, yeah, you can tell how much he cares and how much he wants to make it a bigger conversation in sport, especially in hockey, because we all know it's hockey and gay people is a oh yeah absolutely not a fun time. we're we're both queer fans and that's part of the reason why we started this mm-hmm. podcast was to provide a space for that and I think it's really cool that players will like there's players even though there it's not a North American league it's England but it's you know it's out there and there's you know yeah. and even if you it's great it grows the game it grows and that's what we want it and does Gary Bettman Please bring back the pride jerseys and warm-ups. I beg of you. Please. Like the highlight of my week. I'm speaking directly to him right now. This is how you grow the game. Oh yeah, he's gonna sit there and listen. He's listening. He's oh absolutely. Absolutely. He's okay. Ready. He's following us. Yeah. So that is all the time we have for today. But we will be back probably on Thursday, if not early Friday mm-hmm. morning, with the next episode. We're gonna do this twice a week. We're gonna try to. So if you have any questions, send them into the show. I'm Emma. This is Marcy. You can follow us at Parabee One and at Sixty Leaves on Twitter, and you can also find follow the show at From the Fourth Line on Twitter as well. So we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining. Bye. Bye.